Welcome to the Creativity Lab, the podcast that shows how to channel your creativity to live your best, most beautiful life. And now here's your host, director of the Creativity Lab at West Los Angeles College, Harvard PhD, TV writer and professor, Dr. Catherine Boutry. Thank you for joining us. Today's interview is hosted by an actor with hundreds of credits, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine, iCarly, and Bob's Burgers. He's also the producer of our podcast. Please welcome Keisuke Hawashi. Our guest today is Mario Joseph Deanna Jr., a director on the Emmy Award-winning animated shows Central Park and Bob's Burgers. He has worked on hundreds of classic programs like Animaniacs, G.I. Joe, Scooby-Doo, Tom and Jerry, and Spider-Man. Currently a director for the new hit show, The Great North, Mario draws upon creativity and creative problem solving every day. It may as well be in his actual job description. From his combination high-tech home animation studio and bedroom closet, Mario Joseph Deanna Jr. Welcome. Hey, Mario. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. You betcha. Hey, I just want to ask, what are you working on this week? Can you tell us anything without violating all the security protocols of Disney and Fox and Bento? And uh, Officially tomorrow, I'm starting my third installment episode for season three of The Great North. My th- third of four episodes that I'm slated to do for season three. <laughs> Your peers have a lot of respect for you. I, 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 I've stalked you as much as I can, uh, including going on LinkedIn. and LinkedIn? LinkedIn! Oh, oh ooh. <laughs> Isn't that the my page of, or my space of everything? Right? <laughs> or <laughs> the no, business world now? <laughs> the you face, right? right? <laughs> yeah. There's so many nice things people have said about you. Uh, about your professionalism. Like Mario infuses fun and creativity, even in the blandest of scripts. Uh, He produces the sharpest boards, the most detailed environments, and he is a master of staging. These are all your peers talking about you, and it's wonderful to see. Who said that? (laughs) Well, that's flattering. Thank you. I promise I I don't go on there as as fake people and give myself good reviews. I'm especially glad that you uh, joined us here because you actually have a direct connection with our listeners. Our listeners are all students at West Los Angeles College, and you went to Los Angeles City College, and both of these are part of the LA Community College system. So I thought it'd be interesting for our viewers to hear, why did you choose to attend Los Angeles Community College? Well, way, way back then, uh, LACC had a remarkable art program as well as as they just dropped at that time when I got into the college as a a cinema and animation building like they they just built that thing was brand new when I got there was like maybe a year year old at most I signed up for the animation division but I also signed up for cinematography because I figured uh, uh, let's learn actual cinema so I can I can merge cinema language into what I do I've taken advanced perspective courses and 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 some life drawing here and there, but I took uh, advanced life drawing, advanced perspective, even carpentry perspective, like carpentry, uh, how to how to measure things out, how to how to do your slope lines, how to do all the all the technical stuff on top of it. Uh, I wanted to learn everything I could possibly do when I was there. Wow! So is this all stuff that you decided to? take on your own or did you have somebody telling you uh, you should take carpentry and when I got there I knew the courses I needed to take I really needed to work with and the the skills I needed to uh, to lift in myself so no okay no I, I kind of took it upon myself what I needed to do cool 
Your fellow alum at LA City College uh, include Mark Hamill, uh, Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood, of all people, mm -hmm. and, and just for one semester, the, uh, the multiple Oscar-winning composer, John Williams. So you're an excellent company. You've been working in animation for, I think, just over 25 years. Is that about, is that about right? I still remember the date I got in. I got into animation December 12th, 94. And that was on Animaniacs. That was ah. my first gig. You and I met in 2015 when you were still working on Bob's Burgers, where you had been there from day one. Uh, or almost day one, right? Kind of, kind of. I was working on uh, I was working on Neighbors from Hell. That was my first gig with Bento. Bento was only a few months old when I got that gig. As I'm working on Neighbors from Hell, there's these... Uh, I've always noticed uh, at the end of the day, there's this little office in the back and there's these mm -hmm. two guys in there working. And they see the light on and I'm like, what, what's going on in there? Oh, these two guys are working on a show about a burger joint. And I go... Oh, what's it called? And they said, I think it's called Bob's Burgers. And I went, oh, I'd probably work on that just for the name. It was Lauren Bouchard and Jim Daughter working back there, getting getting the pilot together. When I finally got on Bob's, uh, Neighbors from Hell just crashed and burned. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 it went to hell. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, you know, time for me to hit the streets for a job. And that's when I said, no, 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 you don't have to go anywhere. Bob's Burgers needs people, so why don't you move on over there? By the time I got in there, I started episode three. That was the Burger Wars. That was the episode. The ep my first episode was the episode they introduced Jimmy Pesto. Over your long career in animation, what has been the biggest obstacle that you have faced? The biggest obstacle is always landing another job. That's a, that's always the obstacle. If you're working for a studio, every every show has an ending, so... Uh, that's the obstacle. It's always having to find the other job. You always have to reinvent yourself with another studio, especially if you're young, you know, other studios don't know you yet. So you have to reinvent yourself or you have to keep yourself fresh and what can become an obstacle for people. Uh, but you, it's important to do is you need to be able to immerse yourself in whatever show you work on to the point where you can emulate your work to that show. You should be able to have the ability to do that. A lot of people I'm finding today when they get into the industry is they have, some of them have, have their style to work with. And some of them don't have that ability to just emulate into the show, like get, make, make everything look like the show. You want to be able to do everything the show is <laughs> as best as you can. So it's like, it looks like you're a great fit for this show. I've had to refit myself into so many different ideals. I know people I worked with with on Animaniacs and Peaky in the Brain, and that's their thing, all that kind of cartoony stuff. Right. And then you move on to something like G.I. Joe or, or, or a Spectacular Spider-Man that I worked on and all that. And that's not that at all. You got to flip, you got to flip 180. Now you got to get a little more realistic. Now you get it. Now you got to think a little more comic book style. Now you, you're thinking a little more uh, live action staging. And some people just can't, it's a bridge too far. They just can't make the transition over. People think because you work in the industry, you can do it at all of it. It's like, no, very few people can do all of it. <laughs> You created the background for yourself to succeed in that by taking all those classes at LACC that you talked about, including uh, things that, that seemingly didn't have anything to do with animation, like, you know, like carpentry, you said. 
every every artist is their worst judge and everybody else will agree when every artist sees their own work all they see are the mistakes they don't see the splendor of it they see the mistakes and they see what did i do wrong i'm looking at the edges of my stuff all the time saying you know i could have probably done this better i could have probably done that better and when i got into lacc i was in that mindset i need to do better with this i need to do better with that because i'm not that great right now i I could be much much better because i'm looking at these great artists doing great things and like record time (laughs) on top of it so i'm like yeah that's because they know exactly what they're doing uh, a sure hand gets through things a lot quicker it wasn't about speed it was about correctness so i just i took the courses i felt i needed to i needed to strengthen up on <laughs> and i took side courses too like a watercolor and, and uh, other painting courses just just to brush up <laughs> 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 I wanted to see what I was interested in, what, what what would hold my interests. So there was really a lot of opportunity there at LACC to try out a whole bunch of different art. When I first got there, I didn't know exactly where I was going to go with it. I, I figured animation, but I didn't know it was going to be 100% that. But, so, but I stuck with it because I liked mm-hmm. doing it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, my third year, I got the job with... Uh, uh, Animaniacs, and uh, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> but I haven't graduated yet. <laughs> I still have another year at least." And uh, and I'm like, "But this is what I'm going to college for. This is mm-hmm. it's like, so do I just cut my college short and take the job, or do I tell them I'll be back when I'm ready with a degree?" And I went, "No, that's not a good idea. This is a what? This is an opportunity hitting me right this second." <laughs> <laughs> that's it so i i took the job so you're just waiting for them to call and offer you an honorary doctorate at this point yeah why not <laughs> i wonder if i've been in the system all this time you've been <laughs> in college for 25 years <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'll do that when i retire i'll just go back and finish my <laughs> well i'm sure that you're going to succeed within like you know moments you'll step on campus and they'll say here here's four of them Do you still face fears in your career? Uh, Do you deal with uncertainties uh, even today after so many uh, years succeeding in animation? There's always uncertainty. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, things are very stable, very good now. I I have a good rapport with my company. I like working with with Mentobox. I really do. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud to work for this company. They've, They've treated me very well over the years. So I feel I just returned the favor to be the best person I could be for them. But you never know what's going to happen. Especially these days, you don't know what's going to happen. A lot of things seem to be falling apart. Oh, like, for example, the uh, the animation writers or the Animation Guild uh, potential strike that's been going on for a long time now. Yeah, if the strike happens, it's like that's going to be something to get through. So we'll see. Now, in your field, creativity, it seems that's literally the most important job requirement that you could have. Now, would you agree with that? It's paramount. You can't get into this without creativity. <laughs> without creativity, it's like you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even get past the email. The creator of our podcast, Dr. Butri of West Los Angeles College, she's broken on creativity into several traits. And among them are originality, being comfortable with the unknown being a risk taker, uh, being adventuresome, 
having an open mind, uh, being able to come up with multiple ideas and solutions and having inner drive. These just sound like stuff that you are really, really good at and have been excellent at your entire career. What do you think are your strongest creative traits? Having an open mind and being resilient and uh, the ability to work with people. My, I think my, my strongest point is working, being able to work with people. And that's why I like being a director. I like working with people. I like seeing people's potential because uh, a lot of the, a lot of my, a lot of my crews as of late, at least half the crew compliment are people right out of school or they've, they've only been in the industry a few months to a year. They'll send them to me <laughs> and uh, I'll look at their potential and I can judge to production, which is another thing is my strongest suit is, uh, and I think it should be everyone's strongest suit for anything you do. That didn't have to be animation. Communication. You need to be able to communicate uh, yourself, your, what you need, what they need, uh, what you're doing. Uh, make sure you communicate to people that need to know what you're doing and to communicate uh, problems early. I look at problems very early. I'll read the script, I'll run it through my head to see, hey, that doesn't sound like it works. And I will do quick little drawings to go, yeah, it doesn't work at all. And I'll get right on the horn with, with the, my supervisors and say, we need a meeting. <laughs> I, I found a very bad thing here. Folks like you who are trying to make this as real and believable as possible. Well, that's what the fans appreciate. The Bob mm -hmm. universe, we try to keep that as realistic as possible. But yeah, we fudge it. We have to fudge it because, and and, and it's fine because uh, they fudge it in live action too. Because when people think, oh, well, they didn't have to do that in live action. I said, oh, they fudge a lot of things in live action. Like Universal Studios, when you, when you take the tour, if they ever do it again, I don't know, they used to be able to drive you through the old Western town that they have at Universal. The entire town is 5'8 scale because their their lead guy was a little little tyke of a man <laughs> that big it all stemmed on this on this man's height he was so small they had to build the whole town five eight <laughs> scale down so when they filmed him walking he looked like a six foot guy you described tom cruise's whole career right there there you go and when he would talk to his heroine on the on the on the street or like like on uh like outside uh, uh, on the town, they would literally have to dig a hole for the woman to stand in. And sometimes we have to do that with the characters, like especially with Louise, she's so small. If we do like a waist up shot, sometimes I have to grab her and float her <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> because she won't fit wow. in the shot. She won't <laughs> stay in the shot. You'll just see bunny ears and eyes. Just like regular size Rudy, huh? So regular size Rudy is the guy that you'd never fudge. No, 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 pint size Rudy. I'm sorry. Pint size Rudy, you, you never see anything above here. No, po yeah, pocket size Rudy. Po thank you. Yes. Which, by the way, he does have a face. There is a full turnaround to pocket size Rudy. No kidding. Oh. I, I think I may even still have it. <laughs> oh, that's something. Oh, everybody in the world is going to want to see that. Everyone's going to want to see the, uh, there is a full turnaround of of Louise without her ears. It's just like Indiana Jones's hat. It has to always be there. Can't right. take it off. It, it, yeah, no, can't take it off. <laughs> Somewhere in this world does exist um, pocket-sized Rudy, full turnaround, and a full Louise turnaround without her ears. 
You heard it here first, uh, everybody, on the West Los Angeles College podcast. Looking at your uh, your IMDb page, it seems that you've seemingly held every major job in an animation studio that's possible. Uh, at this point, uh, since you've been, you know, you, you are a director, uh, you've been supervising director, uh, how much higher can you advance? How do you continue growing your career when you've achieved the, the level that you have? You sell a show. Supervising director is probably the highest degree you can get to. Uh, anything after that is producer or creative executive. I will try to do that as well. I, I would like to try. I do have a couple things I'd like to try and see. See, I'd like to see how far I can go before it's all over. Now basically, what's involved in selling a show then? Much. <laughs> yeah, tell us everything about selling a show to Hollywood. <laughs> In, uh, I mean, in, in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the cliff note. Whatever you're selling, whatever idea you're selling, you got to know that idea so well that you, you got to know anything so well that you can layman your idea to everybody within two minutes. Um, and of course, you know, you, you get more time than that to do a pitch, but you want to be able to sell something to somebody quick without it being like a salesman pitch you want to just present your idea like this is my great idea or you know it's like or this is my idea that i feel is great or, i i think is great and this is why i think it's great and i'm going to give you the reasonings and and you make that pitch but you got to do it with enough heart too that they feel it the people you're pitching to remember gets pitched ideas all day long, <laughs> all year long they and they have to sh and they have to sift through emails and and submissions all day long but when they finally get to you it's got a while after everything else they've seen and i know people will look at that like oh that sounds that sounds like a one in a million shot it's like yeah could be but all that matters is don't worry about all those other guys that submitted. Don't worry about that. That's not what you're supposed to worry about. Just put heart and belief in what you're pitching. Even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't sell, uh, they, if you did a good pitch and if they find you of, of good character and, and strong ability in what you do, that will leave a lasting impression on them. So if you come back with something else, they'll remember you for that. What are the best words of wisdom that you can share with your fellow community college students on how can you thrive in your creative career? And you've given us so many wonderful bits of, uh, bits of wisdom already, but do you have an overall, you know, overarching, beautiful bit of advice that you can share? Believe in your work. Don't believe in what... Uh, don't believe everything people say. Learn, you need to learn how to judge the good criticism from the poor criticism. I've had people criticize me that I was chasing rainbows trying to get into this industry. And oh yeah, he's not going to do it because you know because when you step when you're outside of it, and and especially when people who don't do what you do judging you on what you do. <laughs> As, as, it's, as it's always been, it's like, I just find that dismissive behavior on their part. They don't understand what you're doing. 
and they don't care to understand. They're just going to judge it without any information of how to judge it. Don't listen to these people. They don't even know what they're talking about. But be true to yourself and, be, and understand you're doing what you're doing because you feel it in yourself that this is the right thing to do. You want to do this. You got to have the passion for it. Once you lose the, when you lose passion, you don't create. You can't create when you lose passion. It's over. And just becomes robotic. It's like you might as well be making stereo instructions after that, which is also an extremely technical field. <laughs> Matter of fact, that was my field before I got into this. And actually wouldn't be a half bad <laughs> to go in if you, if you did lose your passion for creativity. The job we do is there's no set. I'll get we'll get I'll get all the tools I need to get the job going. Like my, my next episode, I'm going to say I'm going to start tomorrow. I got my script. I got some of my designs. Um, I have, I'm going to get some audio with the characters' voices that I can work with and all that. I'll get packs of things to work on, but there's no set path of where I'm going. Every episode and every day, there's no book taking me there. I have to figure all this. It's all gray area. I have a Bible and a rule book to follow to guide me through the fog, but the fog is still, the fog of war is still there. I have to, I have to navigate that fog of war through my instincts of everything I've learned and everything I've done. I, and me I've been in the industry for so many years. I have that luxury to do that. Newer people getting in the industry, you have to develop that idea to do that. Oh, and never never be discouraged of your mistakes if anything if you make a mistake you learn from it and move on from it consider every mistake you make is a stepping stone to step on to go higher thank you for so much for taking the time to talk with us mario it's, it's always been a huge pleasure uh you've always been so kind and so generous to me and i know to everybody else who meets you uh you've been like their best friend immediately it's very sweet no, no problem, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye, Mario. Bye-bye. <laughs>